This is Misrepresent Behind the Face of Fierce Woman. Welcome back to another episode of Misrepresent Behind the Face of Fierce Woman. I'm your host, Charlene Sayo, and as usual, I'm very happy and excited to share with you my interview with Mariachi Flor de Tolawache, New York's very first all-woman multiracial mariachi band. For those who haven't heard of Mariachi Flor de Tolawache, their breakthrough year was in 2012, and since then, their name and music has steadily gained attention and popularity, so much so that they're embarking on a European tour in November. This is a very, very cool development, and my conversation with Mariachi Flor de Tolawache is coming up very shortly. Before we move on, I want to thank everyone who tuned into last week's show, the premiere episode for Misrepresent's highly anticipated second season. Last week's guest was New York photographer and artist Nona Fustine, who discussed her highly praised photo series, White Shoes. For those in the New York area, Nona's work is included in The Woman as Witness, a group exhibit that explores how women document resilience, resistance, and survival. The show opened over the weekend and runs until October 10th at the TI Art Studio in Brooklyn, New York. The works of 15 women artists representing Austria, Bangladesh, Brazil, Egypt, Germany, and the United States are on display right now. For more information about Women as Witness, check out the website womenaswitness.wordpress.com. Aside from featuring the very cool and very fierce Mariachi Flor de Tolawache, today, Tuesday, September 15th, happens to be best-selling writer Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's birthday. And as you've probably guessed, she's this week's Woman Hurrying History. But before the Woman Hurrying History segment and to wrap up this warm welcome, let's take a short and cool music break with Minaj Quad's track, Elephant Supernova. This is the tale of a girl who lived in a faraway land She dreamed of being a star, was dealt the cause, not in her hand She never let it get her down seat, she had a plan She would build a rocket and get up off of that rock Her home full of crabs and clams, man All she ever wanted was to shed a little bit of light and shine But not in a bling way with diamonds, nah, it was more sublime To give kids hope in the darkness, looking for a glimmer or a shimmer To guide them through the night when they felt they chances just couldn't get no slimmer her dreams been battered and bruised so they resembled the color purple All her life she had to fight Cause one day she knew a couple would circle as a group of clowns And an old Oprah fat chance it'll never work They told her just wait One day, I'll show ya She never wanted to stand still She told them she was coming so they ran in their ant hills Never considered herself a thief But the fact that we won't miss just one little piece and with the power of determination She designed a sweet escape through a cosmic creation Soaring through the atmosphere for throttle on the lever Wave goodbye to all the pain and yells not sorry, see you never 
Moment in history, her story, women hurrying history. Shima Manda and Gozi Adichie is a Nigerian born and raised novelist. Her 2003 debut novel, Purple Hibiscus, was initially rejected by publishers as Chimamanda was then an unknown writer whose writing style was considered incomparable and therefore unmarketable. Purple Hibiscus eventually found a publisher and was shortlisted for the Orange Prize for Fiction and went on to win the Commonwealth Writers Prize and the Hurston Wright Legacy Award in 2005. Her second novel, Half of a Yellow Sun, set during the Biafran War in Nigeria in the late 1960s, 
won the coveted Orange Broadband Prize for Fiction, and was made into a film starring Tandy Newton and Chiwetel Ejiofor. Last year, at New York's Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture, Chimamanda sat with British writer Zadie Smith, who commented that Chimamanda's female characters move with freedom, particularly in romantic and sexual relationships, women who do not have a moment's doubt about speaking their mind. The women are always themselves, always confident, to which the MacArthur Genius Grant Fellow replied. To say that the idea of a woman being strong and simply being strong, not, not to prove anything or not to be unusual, is normal to me. Earlier this year, Chimamanda was nominated for a Grammy for her contribution to Beyonce's track Flawless, which samples the writer's 2012 TEDx Ustin talk, We Should All Be Feminists. The popular lecture, which was published as a book in 2014, draws from Chimamanda's experiences and observations on sexual politics, gender inequality, and expectations. Why should a woman's success be a threat to a man? A Nigerian acquaintance once asked me if I was worried that men would be intimidated by me. I was not worried at all. In fact, it had not occurred to me to be worried because a man who would be intimidated by me is exactly the kind of man I would have no interest in. Her latest novel, Americana, won the 2013 National Book Critics Circle Award and the Chicago Tribune Heartland Prize. Listed as Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People of 2015, Chimamanda helped to establish the Farafina Trust, a nonprofit organization that promotes reading, writing, and cultural social introspection and engagement through the literary arts, such as storytelling and short stories. Stories have been used to dispossess and to malign, but stories can also be used to empower and to humanize. Stories can break the dignity of a people, but stories can also repair that broken dignity. Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie was born today in 1977 and is this week's Woman Hurrying History.
Welcome back to Misrepresent Behind the Face of Fierce Woman. You just heard the track Decent from Mariachi Flor de Toloache from their self-titled debut album, Mariachi Flor de Toloache. Founded in 2008, Mariachi Flor de Toloache is New York City's first and only female mariachi band, co-directed by lead singers Mireya Ramos and Shay Fiol. Mariachi Flor de Toloache has been featured in the New York Times, NPR, MTV, NBC, The New Yorker, Univision, Telemundo, The Wall Street Journal, and more. The band exemplifies New York's cultural diversity as the 12-member ensemble's transnational backgrounds represents Mexico, Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, Cuba, Colombia, Germany, Italy, and the United States. Next month, the band will be performing at the legendary Apollo Theater with world-renowned Mexican-American artist Lila Downs, and in November, Mariachi Flor de Toloache will be embarking on a European tour in support of the ARX's newest album, Yours Dreamily. Last week, Dan Auerbach, lead singer for the ARCs and the Black Keys, spoke with NPR's Rachel Martin about Mariachi Flor de Toloache's involvement with the album, Yours Dreamily. We got to New York City and we hired a mariachi band, thinking that, you know, some old timers were going to show up. And, and all of a sudden, in walks eight, you know, mid 20s girls. And <laughs> so it was an all girl mariachi, mariachi band. 2.0. Yeah. And then they're just loud and like very huge personalities. They, we put them on the track, they killed it. We decided to try them on another. Same thing happened. We did another and another. And then and then I said, hey, can you're you like, guys... you want to join the band? Yeah, and then I said, hey, can you guys sing? And they're like, of course we can sing. And then they just, you know, blow our minds. And uh, they, so they end up singing on half the record. They sing, we've got solo vocals on the Chains of Love. I sat down with Mariachi Flor de Tolawache's co-directors, Mireya Ramos and Shea Fiol at the Otendorfer Public Library in New York City this past summer, where they shared the history of mariachi music, the founding of the band, and tearing down machismo culture. Thank you for joining me, Mireya and Shay, here on Miss Represent. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you. I'm very good, thanks. I'm very excited you guys are here and to talk about your band, Mariachi Flor de Teloache. I hope mm-hmm. I said that right. Mm-hmm. That's right? I hope so. Okay, good. And we're here in one of the public libraries in New York City, and you guys just had a very busy weekend. How was that? It was very intense. (laughs) Still recovering. Yes. It's Tuesday. Yeah, but it was cool. It was uh, an honor to celebrate Frida's birthday bash at the Botanical Gardens with a beautiful exhibit that's going on until about October. And it was completely sold out. Shay was telling me. 
Yeah, my roommates tried to go and I didn't see them there. And they said, when I got back, they're like, we tried to go, but it was sold out. And I was like, how's that possible? I know. How do you sell out? The botanical gardens are huge. I guess, you know. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> wow. Well, you guys have another show at the botanical gardens in September, I believe. So I guess it'll be sold out again. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I just wanted to ask as, as the first question, because mariachi is very popular in certain parts of the country here in the United States. People kind of know what mariachi is, but not everybody understands like the history of it. So I don't know which of the two of you, both of you want to answer just a bit of the history of mariachi to kind of contextualize your band. Um, mariachi is a tradition that was born in Guadalajara, Mexico, and it was it's still predominantly male <laughs> genre, uh, but women have been doing it for over 60, 70 years, um, and ladies become a lot more popular for women to do mariachi, and there's starting to break their own, you know, <laughs> into the genre. But mariachi music is influenced by European uh, instruments and European um, culture. And it's a mix of Mexican and European, I would say. And it's one of the most popular music or music styles from Mexico that's known all over the world. And I think it speaks to everybody because it's, it's very exciting and beautiful and happy. And mm. it's kind of like gypsy music from Mexico. And it's passed on from generations. Um, so people usually learn by ear. And it started just as a simple ensemble mm -hmm. in Mexico. And now it's grown to be more of a, a, a gala, you know, with like the beautiful outfits and beautiful ornaments on their uniforms <laughs> and um, the word mariachi uh, it is said that it comes from the word mariage in the French from the French when um, they were in Mexico but now there's a whole discussion <laughs> because they found a similar word of a in a letter that that was um, before the French so now I don't know I don't know which one is true <laughs> So I don't know, one theory says it comes from mariage, the other one is from a wood that was used for instruments in Mexico, so I don't know. Yeah. Shay, did you want to add anything to the history? One thing that mariachi is, I don't know if you said this, but um, it's commonly used for you know, festivities like um, and social functions, like birthday parties, quinceañeras, and weddings, and um, whatever else you can imagine, anniversaries. <laughs> what not? How did both of you come into mariachi music? Shay, did you want to start? Well, Mireya is the one that invited me to be in the band, and I had never played or really listened to mariachi before that at all. So this is the, the mariachi, me being in the mariachi was like the genesis of my anything to do with mariachi for me in my life. So it's relatively new, and, um, and um, it's been a great learning experience not only for the music but it's bled into learning about Mexican culture and me connecting with my roots although I'm not Mexican but um, people all over Latin America listen to mariachi including my Cuban grandmother and so and it's been an interesting way to you know to connect with with that side of of my heritage and um, but before that no there was it was I really didn't know and nothing opposed to it I just it wasn't exposed to it really mm-hmm uh, for me, my father was a mariachi, 
And I grew up listening to him sing and uh, going to his gigs with him since I was little. So when I came to New York, by chance, I was invited to play with a local mariachi band in Brooklyn. And they were all male, and I was the only girl. <laughs> so that's how, and that was my first job as a musician in New York City. So I started doing that, and, and for me too, I, I was connecting with my Mexican culture, things that I hadn't known about my culture, and even where my dad is from, and what languages they speak in Michoacan, or um, what dances they do in Michoacan, or in different states in Mexico. So through the music, I've also learned about Mexican culture. So Mireya, you were saying that you were involved in a couple of mariachi bands here in New York all men where you were the only woman can you share some of your experiences because I think it it's a good segue in terms of why the band was even formed uh, I actually played mostly just with one band it was called Mariachi Angeles de Puebla and um, it was led by Antonio Vidal which is our basically our mentor <laughs> who who um, set us up when we started the band with instruments and even how to make our own pants and um, how to play our instruments. It was a quiet an experience. It was a little bit of a cultural clash for me because I was raised in Puerto Rico. And although there's machismo everywhere in, in the United States and Latin America, Puerto Rico is a little different than the kind of interaction that women have with men in terms of machismo. And what I had to deal with was very new for me. And there were times where I would say something and they would look at me like it was wrong for me to say or express myself that way. Um, there were times where they would drive me somewhere to a gig and it would be really far and they would leave me somewhere and I would have to take the train by myself and they didn't really care. <laughs> so I had to go through all the stuff. I would cry at the end of a gig. And, but, you know, I, I, I was also really young and I didn't understand, you know, uh, where all these behavior was coming from. and. Uh, I had to kind of learn how to deal with that and kind of speak for myself because there was nobody there. My dad wasn't here and my mom was back in Puerto Rico. I had to learn how to deal with that and had to also understand that these men are generations of, they grew up that way, so they're not gonna change, you know, <laughs> by me expressing myself or telling them that that's wrong or whatever, you know. So um, just by example, I, I was, say and like sharing music with these men I, I had a very cool experience with one of them who was a person who at times we had friction um, just verbally and he, before he went to Mexico he apologized and he he said you know you're an amazing musician and I'm sorry for you know if I offended you and I learned my lesson <laughs> basically and it was very interesting because he had never said anything so for years I worked with him and but it was cool to see that that he saw it and that he saw that he, it was wrong. And um, so, you know, you never know. Little by little, <laughs> you can change people's minds and you show them that that behavior is wrong or you know how to how to treat women the right way. <laughs> I, I heard some of those stories as they happened in live in progress, and it was pretty disturbing. I didn't understand either. It was like, what? What? They left you? What? <laughs> really upset? And yeah. So I can see where this band, you know, comes from, why. Now, you started, Mireya, the band, but 
this is not the first all-female mariachi band in the States. There's a lot in California and Texas and Arizona. But what made you decide to form an all-female mariachi band and bring Shay along with you? Well, I thought it was... Um it was going to be something really important to come out of New York City, such a big city. I couldn't believe that there wasn't an all-female mariachi already, but it makes sense because the Mexican population was just beginning to grow in New York. It's a fairly new population here, and I guess it was the right timing because <laughs> we started when, every, when basically the Mexican culture and the trend in New York City happened. So we kind of grew with it and thought it would be a cool experience for me too to lead a band and um, experiment with the music that I love but also add my own flavor to it and also meet other women musicians in New York. So I, I thought all those things that I can bring together in one band. <laughs> now, being um, the first and currently the only all-female mariachi band in New York, I imagine that there were challenges to put the group together. And so, Shay, I'd like you to answer this question first because this is really your first foray into mariachi. What were the challenges of forming the, this band? Well, <clears throat> um, because this was, like you said, my first experience with mariachi, A, even just listening to the music, but also then learning how to play it, um, because there's a specific style um, to all the instruments played in the mariachi ensemble, whether it's violin, trumpet, um, or guitars, or bass. And even the instrument that I play is slightly different than the guitar, which is my first instrument. Um, one of the biggest struggles is that um, mariachi has a huge catalog of music generally um, their song base is anywhere from you know 50 to 100 songs and people know these songs generally in a mariachi because they grew up listening to it and they've been playing since they were younger and um, that's really hard to bring new people on who were like me mostly didn't know the music like that and so it was a huge undertaking to not only collect the music and none most hardly any of it was written down at first when we started because that's not it's generally not the way that mariachis learn music it's by ear it's by you know generationally passed on and so that's a huge challenge because a lot of people are used to working with charts and written music and although we're getting there now it just it's very time consuming to do that it's not readily available um just you know like standards in jazz or standards in blues they have charts in the fake book in jazz they don't have a fake book for mariachi as far as i know although that would have been really helpful um because um most musicians in New York are used to working in that way. And um, I also think that it's hard for people to understand if they don't know about the mariachi tradition to be like, well, why don't you have this music available? Because when you play at a party or at a quinceanera or a birthday or an anniversary, there's, there's all different kinds of songs that are appropriate for each event, right? But then we also have like our stage performances. And like I said, we play it non-traditional or unconventional places for mariachis to perform so we have an even different repertoire for that so we have this traditional mariachi and this non-traditional infusion and the stuff that we write and there's just a huge amount and that's been our biggest challenge is to get to have musicians come on board but then also be able to push through that first part of learning all this music 
or be able to be put on the spot and be like, okay, we're going to play this song. It goes like this. All right, okay. <laughs> or go listen to this song and then and learn it and write it out yourself, you know, because that's Mireya says, and I say we, that's how we did it. It's not the same for everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Shay. How about you, Maria? <laughs> what were the challenges? Because you grew up listening to mariachi, playing mariachi, watching your father perform it. So what were the challenges of, of organizing this band? Similar to what Shay said, I, I'm used to learning stuff by ear. So um, providing the music is really hard because it takes me a long time to write charts. So <laughs> that's very time consuming. and. You know, I, and and it's really hard to write some of this music because it's it has a certain style and it's certain things that you can't really write, and that yeah that you would have to listen and interpret. You know, but also I would say being a um, full-time musician and not having money to to do a lot of things is also um, a challenge for us. You know, we've had to learn how to make our own outfits with whatever we have. <laughs> and you know, Shay's becoming an expert on finding things that are very cheap, but look fabulous on stage. <laughs> or designing, you know, with very, very tight budget. And um, we're making it happen, but it's always so much work and so much energy that we have to put into everything, every little thing. And you know, sometimes it's, it's frustrating and we were very tired <laughs> and exhausted and drained. And um, also learning how to manage a band, it's, it's a gift you know, in itself. It's something that, that's very specific. And, and if you don't know and you're just learning, the, you know, along with you know, this scenario happens and then you're just le learning on the spot, that's also a challenge, you know, because you want to seem professional, but sometimes, you know, it's, if you don't know, if you've never dealt with something, then, you know, it's hard to deal with it if you have never come about that. So I think that's also a challenge. And also us being women and directing a band is also a challenge. And it's something that I never thought it was an issue. But the dynamics between women and women are very different. You know, when you're, you get a guy and, and, and you're taking direction from a male, counterpart it's very different you automatically without even thinking act differently so we've had to deal with that too. I, I want to get back to that issue in terms of playing with all women and then also just being in the music industry because as you said before like mariachi is very male dominant it's traditionally men who perform mariachi and in the music industry, it's also very male-dominated. I mean, there's more women producing and, and doing a lot of production in music, but it's still quite male. And going off to what you said, that it's very different working with men and women, but it's like there's always that pressure, I think, on women to work with men or to re at least raise, or raise themselves to the standards of men and to work with male producers, male singer-songwriters, um, male musicians. Did you guys feel that pressure? Well, yeah, yeah, people say that, but we've never felt <laughs> like we have to. I think the only issue that we've seen is not a musical issue. Okay. It's mo more of a dynamic thing and... and having control of, of your business, you know, and, and I think that side is where we're having an issue in terms of dynamics and people respecting what you're saying and we're, we're dealing with that right now and 
And it's also because of the level where we are now. I think it's, it's becoming obviously more complicated because there's a lot more at stake and we're in a different level. We're entering a different level of in our career and I think we're dealing with a lot more issues when it comes to that. But it's not so much that we need a male, but it's, it's more that people need to be aware of of that behavior, you know, and how do you how do you change that in somebody? Like we do that ourselves, although we're aware of it, but we're just trying to manage that. And yes, maybe we do need to bring a guy from time to time to direct something, but we don't feel super pressured to use a male. You know, I think musically we've done everything and and everything in our business part, and even the person that does our bookings is a woman and. Shay and I have done, we produced the album ourselves. We didn't have anybody <laughs> come in and we don't need it. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> but it, it is a learning experience and we're still learning. Okay. I don't think anyone was like, oh, you need a guy to do this, you know, overtly. I think that some guys wanted to pre- like be involved and we just wanted to do it ourselves because we knew that we could and so it was kind of subtle you know like and but we felt it you know like we felt it as like hell no you know we can do this ourselves like we do not need a guy we're gonna take you know it's an all-women production on this album which was which was one of the biggest undertakings thus far i know that your your lyrics and some of your songs also differ from the vast repertoire of what mariachi songs uh, consist of. Um, you have political songs in your in your repertoire as well, right? And some of your, like, lyrically, it's also very different. Is I wouldn't say it's too much political. Uh, we do have a song that was sung by a, a political, um, how do you say? Uh, icon. Okay. <laughs> And we don't want to be like attached to one like political idea, but I think most most of our messages are about love or stories or experiences that we've been through, and it doesn't have to be love; it could be whatever life experience. But I guess the difference too is that we do certain things in English. We even do a Portuguese song, so. <laughs> We're, yeah, we do whatever we like, <laughs> basically. I haven't heard so many political songs in mariachi, so yeah. I'm yeah. just mulling. I don't, Mireille has a more extensive knowledge about mariachi music than I do, but I've heard some things, you know, a little bit about migration and being, right. you know, somewhat discriminated against, but it's never overt. It's always like, it, as far as I can tell, it's not, it's just a story that has a message, you know, but. You know, there are there are some lyrics that aren't necessarily overtly or intentionally political, but there is a song that we love called Si Se Calle El Cantor, which is very political. I mean, it's about the message of, um, you know, having the voice of the people be heard, and it's and it's conveyed by the singer. And this, and then there's another uh, part of the blue medley on our album that's um, lyrics from the song es- Esclavo Soy. And it's um, it's not again overtly political, but you know it's about complicated complications and uh, with race and and identity and and oppression. We want to say what moves us, and it might be political, although it doesn't have to be. It can be anything. 
Perfect, thank you. One of the things that's also different from other mariachi bands that you guys have is that uh, your members are not all Mexican. Mm -hmm. You've said in numerous interviews that when people watch you perform, they always say, you're not Mexican. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the first things that they say. So for listeners who aren't familiar yet with your band, if you can name some of the backgrounds of your band members or all of them, if you, if you can. Yeah, we have um, from Canada, Colombia, Alaska, uh, Australia, German, Cuban, Dominican, Puerto Rico, Mexico, uh, I think that's it, right? An American uh, from Indiana. <laughs> Well, we've had in the past, we had Indian, we had a, a girl that was from India and Singapore, and um, another girl that was from Berlin, uh, Germany, and Argentina, too. Yeah. And Egyptian-American. Korean, now we have a Korean and a Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so like it spans every continent. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Now, because of... UN. <laughs> it is the UN. <laughs> <laughs> now, since it's very transnational, it's also got some musical influences that's going beyond mariachi. There's some blues, there's some jazz to it, a little bit of pop as well. But yet it still maintains a very mariachi tradition. I mean, I think for those who... Well, I think that for those who like, you know, listen to it, they'll say, oh, it's totally mariachi. But then for those who are really listening, you could, you could hear some of the jazz influence. But it doesn't stray too far from the tradition, which I think is quite lovely, like just the way you guys have able, you're able to balance that. So I don't know if you can answer, well, I'm sure you can, but how are you able to you know, throw in these, these nuances of different musical genres and still maintain this tradition that doesn't alienate lovers of mariachi? It was, it's actually kind of the opposite. A lot of feedback we get is that we aren't traditional mariachi and that, that it's almost not detectable that we're so different from the mariachis that people hear in Mexico. It just depends on your ear, you know, like what you're more used to listening to. We both have lots of lots to say about this part because this is the special part where mariachi meets other kinds of music. Um, and one way that we try and maintain that is all the instruments except for a couple songs in the album that bring in some other different types like an electric guitar or bongos or piano even for the the core of our band is uses the essential instruments of mariachi which are vihuela guitarron violin um, and trumpets and we have a flute and then there's often a harp um, that's used we don't have a harp on our album but but yeah so we use the traditional rhythms with the traditional instruments and we try and they're still trying to make that bass, the mariachi, the traditional sound as authentic as possible so that, you know, we have that as the bass and then we can infuse that with diff all of our most loved genres, which are all the ones that you mentioned and more, you know, there's salsa and bachata and other forms of Latin music, even a little reggae, like we hip hop in our live shows we incorporate we references to Led Zeppelin and Outkast and Adele and, um, Romeo Santos and whatever, you know, these are our favorite songs, whoever, you know, the Gautier from somebody I used to love, you know, or used to know. Anyways, yeah, so, so that's one way that we do it. <laughs> I think also um, when Shay started, we, like, she spent a lot of time listening to mariachi 
so that we can <clears throat> so we that we can be tight you know with the formation with the base like she said and our, it's very important for us to keep that essence okay. and then so that we're that we're you know if we're a mariachi we want to represent yeah. you know the genre but and we want to be very confident that we know what we're doing <laughs> and then from there on like you know expand like she said and infuse it however we want to since 2012 the band has started to really steadily grow although you've been together since 2008 how has the reaction been from like say the mexican-american community or the the gatekeepers of mariachi uh, music we have both in <laughs> in the west coast uh, which we thought the opposite we thought because we were getting a lot of resistance and a lot of negative comments on our page and on the internet and most of them came from the West Coast. <laughs> and most of them came specifically from mariachi and both men and women. Um, but once we went to California, I think people loved it. And they, we had a great, great reaction from the crowd. And people are actually like, you know, it's refreshing. Like, oh, finally something new. Like, because all mariachis sound the same. I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> not all of them. That's not true. Not all of them. But a, a lot of them do. and. They follow a certain formula, and you know it's by generation and generation. It's the same arrangements, the same thing. So um, our approach is completely different. Not just because we're international, but we're coming from New York, and it's a different city. It's a different demographic. It's different lifestyle. So we're bringing that to wherever we go, and we express it in the music. We get love, but we also get the opposite from the traditionalists. Some traditionalists are actually open to it, but most are not and sometimes sadly enough it, the comments sometimes get a little racial yeah. and and it's very sad to see that people think that way still you know yeah. and we get comments like oh these are the women that don't comb their hair because we have curly hair you know it's like come on <laughs> who says that <laughs> you know yeah. we're 2015 <laughs> yeah. 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 so um yeah, but it's, you know, it's sad. Not because somebody is criticizing us. It's sad to know that people are, are so close-minded mm -hmm. and that they can still say stuff like that. So we deal with that, but we're very blessed to be in the perfect yeah. platform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and you're selling out shows, so. Yeah. so who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Can you also talk about where you guys are also performing shows? Because you're doing concerts, you're performing at art galleries and in gardens that you can sell out. But mariachis, mariachi bands traditionally sing at weddings and parties, uh, birthday parties, and you guys do everything. So do you guys still do weddings and parties and serenades? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we love it. And it's how we started, and that's how we became popular by doing those parties and it's also a responsibility to the community to be able to share your music in those kind of settings you know have you done serenades yeah. Oh, yeah. many lots of serenades yeah some with good outcomes some with bad outcomes oh, yeah. <laughs> some of which we were intended to heal the relationship and that was yeah. not wanted <laughs> turned away <So> awkward <laughs> and you're all there to witness it done engagements like proposed oh, live yeah. proposal mm -hmm. was that the one on the Brooklyn Bridge was that a proposal that was cool yeah they had like all these balloons yeah. and it was really pretty <laughs> wow
Wow. Okay. So you're there. You're. It's very intimate. We've we've, we've had very intimate experiences in this band, <laughs> with with our clients and with the community. And you know, we played in a living room with f- four people for a birthday party. And there's more mariachis than there are people in the room. You know, or there there are guests or whatever. So. Yeah, and it's special. I mean, it's really, really special for people. Yeah. I, I love that. I love the fact that there was more mariachis and, <laughs> than there were, than there were uh, uh, party members. But I think that's great. I think that that's what uh, you guys bring that life there. Now, you have on your album this, the legend of uh, the weeping woman, or La Royana. Yeah. When I first heard that song that you guys performed, I thought it was really fitting for an all female mariachi band to perform that kind of song but it's also very endearing and very powerful because it's it's a it's a legend that's been around for a very long time or a story that's been around a long time in Mexico so why did you choose to perform this song which I think it feels like you're giving homage to women I feel like when you sing that song I mean that's how those are the emotions that come out when I hear it and when you guys perform it why did you choose to perform this song and, and include it in your album Aside from obviously that uh, legendary story, can you explain the story yeah, okay. as well? <laughs> so it's a woman that it's kind of creepy. <laughs> she drowns her children, and then in the river, and and it's said in the town that they still hear her weeping for her children. And but the melody and and the lyrics is so beautiful, and that I think that's what makes the song other than the story, you know. Because the story is kind of <laughs> disturbing, <laughs> but the melody is amazing and so simple, but still very touching, like you said. And a lot of women have covered, obviously, that song, and very similar <laughs> by everybody. And we wanted to do something different, and so we changed the harmonies and we made it even more like mysterious and and magical. So it was our own take on it. All right, can you talk about the name of your band? So Taleache is a kind of flower? Does it relate to your band? Like, does, is it a metaphor for the band? In many ways. Yes, <laughs> in many ways. The, our name, Mireya came up with both the names. The first one she came up with was Xochitl. Xochitl? X-O-C-H-I-T-L. Which, you know, if you were to read that as an you know, American English speaker, you'd be like, have no clue how to even begin to say that. But it's a beautiful name, but it, it felt like it was a little, you know, be a little complicated. So it then, means it means flower, okay? So the next, the next discovery was Toloache, and originally it was Mariachi Toloache, and then another friend of Mireya suggested to add the flor in front of it to kind of make it more feminine. And Mireya, when she heard this about this flower, she knew that it was, you know, to make people fall in love. So it's a, a love potion. That's the most prominent legend and, you know, appropriate for women giving it to men to make them fall in love with them. And it's, it's often uh, the words that are used to describe it are mysterious or um, there's a legend around it. There's... Um, <clears throat> it makes people fall in love, but also that it's... It, it um it has a really cool i don't know cycle it opens at night and it closes during the day and it is poisonous unless you know how to <laughs> use the right doses of it in the love potion it can be used for medicinal purposes as well or, or legendarily so it can be used 
as as a medicine. Um, but yeah, it, it's been such a wonderful, although very hard for people to say. It's kind of fun. It makes it a little bit of a game to try and pronounce, and you know, it's cute. It adds to the personality and the character of the band and and of the people interact that we're interacting with. And a lot of people tell us to change our name because it's hard to say, but it's the the name with with the concept of the band, and um, it is so perfect. You know, it just really is. No. And nobody else has a name anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's coming up for Mariachi Flor de Toliachi? Um, you guys have an album out now. You're gonna be busy for the next few months. So, what's going on with you guys in the next uh, in the future? Well, a lot of things. One of them is we want to win a Grammy. <laughs> and we submitted our album, so hopefully we do. And But we also just collaborated with Dan Auerbach for his solo album. And we're going on tour with him, hopefully this fall. So that's, you know, that's going to be major for us. And it was very fun already to collaborate with him, record with him. Um, wonderful music and... Um, then also we're going to record our second album, so hopefully that'll be exciting <laughs> as well. Where can people find out more information about your band? Our website is mariachinyc.com. Um, we're on Facebook as Mariachi Flor de Toloache. We're on Instagram and Twitter as mariachinyc. And we're the only all-women mariachi in New York City, so we're very easy to find <laughs> on Google. <laughs> Mireya and Shay, thank you so much for being on Misrepresent. Thank you. This is great. I love your music and I can't wait to catch you guys perform. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I like your Frida earrings. <laughs> <laughs>
hay que aguantarse cuando todo se va a resbalar, todo se va a resbalar. Y no te echo la culpa, bien sabía yo que guardaba, ella es parte de ti. Hey, Fierce listeners, we're at the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Mireya Ramos and Shea Fiol from the Mariachi Floor de Tolawache. You just heard their track, Let Down, from their self-titled debut album. For more information about Mariachi Flor de Tolache and their music, please check out their website, mariachinyc.com. You can listen to past episodes of Misrepresent at misrepresentpodcast.com and make sure to follow me on Twitter at Just Call Me Char. Intro and outro music by Emily Simone. Additional music by Stealing Orchestra and Rafael Gianosio, Mariachi Flor de Tolache, Menage Quad, Steve Combs, Ben Sound, and the Arthur Pryor's Band. Fiercest thank yous to my guests, Mireya Ramos and Shea Fiol, as well as to Elise Cloma, whose talent and generosity helped to make this episode possible. And of course, thank you, fierce listeners and supporters, because without your ears, Misrepresent wouldn't be here for a second season. Don't forget to tune in next week for another fierce episode featuring another fierce woman. This is Miss Represent, Behind the Face of Fierce Woman.